this is our third week in this time series, and, and, and hopefully you've uh, you quickly realized just how applicable this is, like just how much uh, time and our kind of obsession with it and how we're consumed with time and, and the idea of maximizing our time is so central to who we are and, and so central to our daily lives. And so as we've moved through this whole series, two weeks ago, we talked about how we are kind of always asking what time is it. And we do things and we have certain things in our lives like watches and clocks on our phones and our computers to always remind us of time. In fact, this morning, if I go a little long-winded, you can look back and look at that clock on the, on the text and figure out if I'm going long or not. And so we can even be consumed with time right here and now. Uh, and uh, did I just go out? I'm good? Good. Uh, and so we're kind of consumed with time in, in a lot of our lives, in big, big segments of our life. And so that first week we looked at a psalm. We look at Psalm chapter 90, verse 12. And, and, and Psalm chapter 90, verse 12 tells us to teach us to number our days aright, that we may gain a heart of wisdom. To gain a heart of wisdom. Now, this is actually Moses who wrote this psalm. And we talked about how the, the great um, context of our life, the great goal of our life, has very little to do with us. And if we look at time as being from everlasting to everlasting, and we are occupying this short little segment of time, the great goal, the great win of our life is not us. It's allowing God to work through us. And so what does it look like to, for that to happen in, in, in the scope of our time, in the scope of our days? Then last week, Paul talked about priorities. Uh, it, it was the beginning of the new year. It was, it was very easy for us to kind of talk about how we need to reorganize our lives, reprioritize our lives. And he used this, this great little analogy of two fishbowls. And in one fishbowl, he, he had like half full of gravel. And he said this kind of represents all some of the more frivolous but more enjoyable kind of hobbies, whatever it might be in our life. And then you have these big rocks, and these big rocks were supposed to symbolize the important things, the big aspects of our life. And so as the, the, the bowl that was full with the gravel and he tried to put in the big rocks, it, it quickly became full and he wasn't able to fit it all in. But then he said if we take the big rocks, put them in first, and put the little stuff on top, of course, it all fits. And so it's not a matter of working harder. It's not a matter of some sort of system or some sort of organizing principle. It's a matter of realizing that priorities determine our capacity. Priorities determine our capacity. What we put first determines how, how much room we have and how much space we have in our lives and how much time we have in our lives. And so you've, you know all this. You realize that this short aspect of time is not about me. You realize that you have to put the most important things first, put the first things first. What do you do then? What's the now what? How do you move forward? Well, that's, that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. And so the question is, is how do you become a good steward of your time? How can you know that you're investing your time wisely? Um, as you can probably guess or kind of see this coming, this is a, this is a very practical message. This is a message that's going to talk a lot about nuts and bolts. This is a message that's going to talk about a lot of, uh, of different things that we probably already know, uh, but we choose to ignore. And if you are like me, as you approach this, and you hear that, and you start to think that, you probably have two assumptions. You probably have two assumptions. The first one, that this is some sort of like uh, self-help seminar, where I'm somehow going to motivate you to go out and clean out your closet, finally your garage, or, or finally start using that gym membership or, or actually uh, turn your treadmill not into the platform that you held your clean clothes when you folded your laundry, but actually a treadmill that you run on. 
But that's, that's not really what this is about. This is not somehow me motivating you to, to believe in yourself or to embrace something and all of a sudden your life is great. That's, that's really not what this is about. More so, it's about realizing that God is concerned with how we spend our time. That our time in every aspect of our lives is a spiritual matter. And so maybe that's the first assumption. I just want to recognize that I see that as well. And the second one is, is the one I'm more concerned about. The second one that I had and maybe you have is that I'm going to tell you how to organize your life because I have arrived at some sort of uh, eureka moment or I have somehow figured this all out. That I, for, some, for whatever reason, have, have found a way to be a great steward of my time and I'm just going to tell you how good I am. Well, let me assure you that, that time management, time stewardship, whatever we want to call it, is a major, major failure in my life. It's a major flaw. It is a major issue that I constantly struggle with. As I was looking at this message, as I was uh, looking at the resources that we were using and, and realizing where this was going, I realized that I first had to preach to myself before I could preach to you guys. And so as I'm talking this morning, realize that I'm not coming from a point of being an expert, but I'm coming from a point of being very flawed, but just becoming more and more aware of it. And so if we can go with those two assumptions and kind of go forward, hopefully that, that kind of deals with some of the things that were distracting me as I kind of uh, prepared this and maybe distracting you. But uh, before we talk about uh, what the Bible has to say about time and kind of we're going to land in Ephesians chapter 5, we're going to look at three assumptions in our lives that we all realize, all know, all intuitively are aware of, but we all ignore for larger segments of our life than others. And so these three things are, are, are not intended to make you feel guilty. These are three things that we just want to state when it comes to our time. And the first one uh, is, is very, uh, very, very obvious. There is a cumulative value to investing small amounts of time in certain activities over a long period of time. There is a cumulative value in investing small amounts of time in certain activities over a long period. There is a big payoff if you are able to continually make small deposits of time and a lot of activities that we, we occupy ourselves with. Uh, the first one that you might think of, the obvious one, is exercise. If you exercise 30 minutes a day for a week, for a month, for a year, all of a sudden at the end of that you will start to see results. If you're in school, you know that if you study 20, 15, 30 minutes a day, every day on each subject, the test will be a breeze. You may see this in your finances. You may realize that if you're able to save monthly, maybe a small amount, at the end of the year, at the end of those two, three years, there's a bigger payoff. Maybe for you, you, uh, you realize this in your relationships. You know that with your kids, with your spouse, with your family, it's not about the big events, but it's about all those little conversations, all those times you made time for those people on a daily, daily basis. That there can't be this just one-time event that's going to make up for all that. There's no, no, single, no, no great value in any single one of these. Uh, and, and the fact is, is that this is true in all kinds of areas. This is true in our spiritual life. This is true in, in maybe some hobbies that you have. This is true in like golf. This is true in, in, in all kinds of things you can think about. Small amounts of time, small deposits of time, over time, have a huge payoff. Now for me, I experienced this in 2009. It was May 2nd, 2009, a Saturday. It was before I came to Genesis. And, and this Saturday, I was like, like 80,000 people. I don't know how many people there were. We went downtown and we ran 13.1 miles. 
I ran 13.1 miles. I didn't stop to walk. I didn't stop to take a break. I ran the entire 13.1 miles. Now, now newsflash, this body isn't built for 13.1 miles, right? Like, like that's not a shocker to you. Like, that's not something that, that is a, a surprise, right? But I could not have shown up that Saturday morning and just ran 13.1 miles without making small deposits of time for months beforehand. There's no single uh, one of these investments, no single one of these deposits has a huge payoff. You're not going to go out and work out for four hours this afternoon and walk into work and people are going to say, wow, you just look great. It, it doesn't work like that. If it did, our lives would be a lot different. And so if there's no single uh, value in one investment of time, then, then we start to kind of, kind of tell ourselves that, that we can skip because the inverse is true as well. There's no single value to one time of neglect. There's, no, no, there's not a lot of value to one time of missing. You can skip that workout. You can break your diet. You can, you can work late, but not that one time is what's going to cause major problems down the road because there's no, there's no big value in one event. And so that's the first principle. There's cumulative value. There's cumulative good in, if we, in making small deposits. The second is, is similar. Neglect is cumulative as well. In our lives, when we neglect things, it builds up this cumulative value that has a payoff. And so the thing about neglect is that you can kind of reach a point of no return. Maybe you're experiencing this with a family member. Maybe your parents have neglected their health for years. And they've reached a point where there really is no, no return. Maybe for you, this is a financial deal where month after month after month you just paid the interest. And then after a while you couldn't pay all the interest. And all of a sudden that debt mounted and mounted. Maybe for you this is a spiritual issue. Maybe for you this is, this is a relational issue. You neglected that time with your family. And all of a sudden you feel like you've reached this point where there's no way you can go back. you reach this point where you feel like there's no way that you can, you can start again. Maybe for you, you're, you're searching for a job right now, and all you can think about is all those times I, I blew off studying, that internship I didn't want to do because it didn't pay anything. I wish I could go back and do that. I wish I could go back and change things because you're realizing that neglect is cumulative. In our, in our spiritual life, maybe you're just coming back to church. Maybe you're just returning to church for the first time in a long time, and it's a little overwhelming. It's a little overwhelming because you don't know the language. You don't know the rhythm of life. You don't really know where to start. You open up the Bible and you start in Genesis and you're going to read it through the whole year this year. You're going to get through the whole Bible and you get bogged down in the Old Testament and you, it just, it's just so overwhelming. You don't know where to go or where to turn because there's that neglect and there's that payoff. And sometimes that we look at neglect and we just think about things that are, that are really, uh, really something, someone else's problem. Well, there's another word for neglect. It's, it's procrastination. And I, and I told you that I struggle with, with time management. I, I am a chronic procrastinator. In fact, in high school, I procrastinated on my schedule. And so I took speech class, the required speech class, I think, in high school. And I, I put it off until my senior year. So, so I'm in speech class as a senior with a bunch of freshmen and sophomores. And it's a blow-off course for me, right? I'm just not taking it serious at all. And you have to give a speech that on explaining something. You have to kind of teach something, a principle, an idea, something like that. So, so I look at my life and I say, hey, procrastination has worked out pretty good for me. I'm going to teach on procrastination. 
I'm going to tell them how by procrastinating you have a small window of time to get to focus on your energy and you're, you're super productive that last 30 minutes before it's due or, or whatever it is. And so, so I am going to give a speech on procrastination. And of course, I procrastinated in preparing for the procrastination speech. And so I get up there and I stammer and I stumble and I talk, talk in circles and it's kind of like I'm trying to land an airplane and I just go in circles and circles around the airport until finally I run out of, run out of gas and crash and burn. And I got a C on the speech. So procrastination is, is very much something that's ingrained in my life, a struggle in my life. And maybe for you, you're seeing, I don't neglect things, but I procrastinate things. Well, I can tell you this, they're the same, same word. Uh, and in fact, I heard a... Uh, I heard a psychological study that talked about our life goals and how we're prone to procrastination. And if we all sat out here and we thought about that one big life goal, that we want to run a marathon, we want to climb a mountain, that we want to write a book, that we want to start a family, that we want to get our master's, whatever it might be, that one big, seemingly insurmountable goal in our lives. We want to get out of debt. We want to own a home. Whatever it is. If we imagine what this goal is in our head, and we imagine ourselves telling other people this goal. We imagine telling them, we imagine them telling us how great that is. Way to, way to really aspire to something big. Way to go after your dreams. Way to, way to chase that down. I, I think you're going to be able to do it. You're going to be great. The, all that positive feedback is taken into the brain and it is processed in a similar way to the feedback you would have gotten had you accomplished the goal. So this is what happens. Your brain almost tricks you into procrastinating. You tell people you're going to do something, you get positive feedback, your brain kind of processes it in a similar way to an accomplishment, and all of a sudden you put it off. They found this to be the case over and over again, that people, when they would tell their life goals of somebody, would not be as productive as those who kept it to themselves. And so this doesn't mean that you need to never have accountability in your life and never share goals, but you need to do so in a way that says, hey, I want to run a marathon, but I need to run five times a week or I'm not going to do it, and I need you to kick my butt on this, whatever it might be. You have to almost trick yourself because procrastination is something that just can kind of suck us in, can kind of control our lives, and before we know it, we're managing time horribly. So the third principle, so we got cumulative value, we got neglect is cumulative. The third principle is similar. There is no cumulative value to the random things we opt for over the important things. You take all the distractions, all the methods of procrastination, all those time sinks, and you add them up, they add up to zero. They add up to nothing. There's, there's no value there. I told you how I, uh, I ran the 09 Mini. I ran the whole thing. I was so proud of myself. It was, it was really one of the highlights of my life. It's a huge accomplishment in my mind. Well, I took all that positive and I started training for the 2010 Mini last May. And I didn't train as hard. I didn't make all the small deposits. I neglected my training. And of course, what happened? Around mile nine this past May, I hit the wall and I had to walk. I failed at the goal. Because neglect is cumulative. And all those things that I added up, all those random things I opted for instead of that, did not help me run the Mini Marathon. You might think about all the things that are, that are distractions in your life. The things that might just be good and fine and kind of harmless, but we tend to overdose on. And we kind of uh, justify this. We say, well, I'm on Facebook because I'm connecting with people. I'm relating to people. I'm catching up. 
Uh, I'm, I'm taking, uh, taking this time to, to play video games or, or to watch a movie because I need to escape. I need some time off. And, and of course, there's, there's time for rest. There's time where we need to have life balance. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about where we almost overdose on things. And for me, it was video games. And, and the thing about video games is that they're designed to kind of give you the illusion of productivity. If you, uh, if you have an Xbox 360 or a PlayStation 3, you can go online and play against other people, and then it ranks you. It tells you how good you are. So you can look at your rankings and see improvement or decline, and suddenly you think, wow, I'm getting somewhere. Or, or in the game itself on, on the Xbox, you can earn achievements by playing the game a certain way. And so you can be sitting there and say, wow, I got an achievement for this, I got an achievement for that, look at all this. But if you add all those things up, all that kind of fake productivity, they all add up to zero. And so for you, maybe there's something in your life that is uh, that's a distraction. That's something that's, that's keeping you back, and it's something that you kind of overdose on. And you're starting to realize that you can take all the time spent on that and add it up, and it adds up to zero. Now, these three principles aren't really revolutionary. These aren't even new. If you took these and wrote a book, you wouldn't sell any copies because this has been talked about ad, ad, ad nauseum. This is, this is something that's out there that you, you know, but all of us kind of ignore this. All of us kind of ignore this. Now, if we stopped here, this would just be... This would just be some sort of, of, of self-help talk, a motivational speech. But, but this not new information is so old that it's talked about in the Bible. If you've got, if you've got a Bible, you can turn to Ephesians chapter 5. And, and as we look at Ephesians chapter 5, I hope you realize, hope you see that God is not concerned just with Sunday morning. God is not concerned just with your connection group time. God is not just concerned with what you might deem spiritual. God is concerned with every aspect of your life. God loves you. God knows your days are numbered. And so God wants you you to use your time well. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 15 to, to halfway through 16, it says this, Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. Be very careful how you live. Take notice of how you live. Understand how you're spending your time. Be sure to make the most of every opportunity. That line, making the most of every opportunity, if you translate it literally, and maybe your translation says this, it'll say something to the effect of redeeming our time. You are investing time. Make sure you get something out of it of equal value. You are spending something precious, your time. Realize that this is an investment you need a good return on. Your time is valuable. Your time is important. Your time is limited. Make sure that when you use it, you use it well. And so as you determine what the most important things are and you start to make a small deposit of them, small deposits in them, how should you use your time in light of that? What's most important and how should you move forward? But why should you make every opportunity? Verse 16 finishes off says this, Because the days are evil. Because the days are evil. Now, this isn't me up here telling you that the internet is evil and rock and roll is evil and you need to, you need to start like throwing things out and burning things. That's, that's not what this is about. What this is about is the fact that if you allow yourself just to kind of be carried along in life, if you allow yourself just to kind of float, there is a slant, there is a current towards neglect. 
that, that we can look at our lives, we can look at the world around us and realize that there is a lot of sin in this world. There's a lot of things that are negative, And that stuff pulls you towards neglect. It pushes you to, an, to inaction. So you see, the enemy of the devil, the, the, the greatest tool that, that he has is not for us to become some sort of heathen, that, uh, an atheist who denies God, who, who goes out and is destructive. His biggest thing is, is procrastination. It's just moving us towards, towards nothing. Moving us towards something that doesn't matter. And so if you make every opportunity, you understand that neglect is an issue, what do you do? Ephesians 5 verse 17 says this, Therefore do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. You have to make a plan and acknowledge God's will. Now sometimes we hear God's will and we, we kind of get wrapped up when we think about how this is hard, this is complicated, this is beyond me, I'm not spiritual enough to understand this. I don't know what God's voice sounds like. I've never spoken, I've been spoken to by God. I, that's kind of weird. Well, I can guarantee you that if any point in this, this morning where I've talked about a scenario, I've talked about staying late at work, I've ta- talked about cheating time with your family, I've talked about wasting time with whatever activity we waste time with, if you kind of cringed on the inside, if you kind of tensed up, if you said, you know, my physical body is a spiritual issue and I need to take care of it, if you kind of felt that, maybe you say it's your conscience, but that's just God using what He designed. That's God speaking to you on how you use your time. God is speaking to you, and I would assume, and I guess, that many of you already know exactly where in your life your time is not being used well, and you can be a better steward of it. So don't be foolish, as verse 17 says. Don't be foolish. Instead, maybe it might be helpful to begin praying some questions begin praying some questions of examination and the first is where do i need to begin where do i need to start now maybe for you this is a spiritual issue this is an an issue of how you spend your time at church and it would be completely hypocritical if i was up here and just talked and never gave you guys a time an opportunity to to act and so you walked in this morning and you were given a worship program you were given one of these. Everybody get this out. You were given one of these. And in here is all kinds of information about the church and what's going on and all that. But inside here is a yellow slip of paper, a little, little panel. Pull this yellow slip of paper out. We talk about the three C's here at Genesis. One of those C's is, is connect. We believe firmly that there is a value in connection groups, in small groups, getting together with other people for, for an explicit purpose of growing closer to God. I, I really... Pull this out and begin to fill it out. There's a pen and a chair back in front of you probably or, or down the row. Please fill this out. You may fill this out and you may stop at uh, question one, and that's okay. You may go down here and realize that I would really like to be in a connection group that talked about this or that or I have an idea. Or maybe for you, you've never heard us talk about connection groups and you want to get involved in one. And maybe you need to just say, hey, I need help getting signed up. We would be glad to contact you. We have several new groups that are starting here in the next few weeks and month, and we would love for you to be a part of it. If you've never been a part of groups, if you were a part of groups and are no longer a part of it, please fill us out. Please, please take time to fill us out, and as you exit, you can drop them off in the buckets right by the doors or at the info hub, give them to me, whatever it is. Please take some time to fill us out right now uh, and, and take care of that, because we think this is an opportunity for you to use your time more wisely. If you're just coming here on Sunday morning, you're missing out. 
That's not the full expression of what it means to, to follow Jesus Christ at, at Genesis Church. We believe that Sunday morning is a, is a huge part. That's our celebrate piece. But we believe that you need to be connected because you shouldn't be doing this life alone. So, so as, you, as you fill that out, know that, that this is important, that this isn't just something that, that we do. This just isn't another program. This is something that we believe in. And if you have questions, I'll be around afterwards to answer them. Uh, but as you fill that out, as we talk about these, um, these questions of, of where do I start, maybe for you, connection groups was just that. Maybe for you, connection groups was the place to start. And maybe for you, this is, this is the beginning right here. The second question is, is what is my biggest obstacle? What is the thing that's standing in my way in terms of how I use my time? What is the thing that's keeping me from being a good steward of my time? Now, this isn't about guilt. This isn't about making you feel bad or awkward. This is about being honest and inviting God into your life to examine yourself. See, God wants you to be a great parent. He wants you to be a great friend. He wants you to be a great spouse. He wants you to be productive at work. But God also wants you to rest. He wants you to find that that life balance. God wants you to be healthy. Because if you're not healthy, if you don't have a physical body, you can't love people. We need to begin to realize that our physical bodies, and and I'm preaching to myself here as well, uh, is a spiritual issue. That kind of care is a spiritual issue. That this isn't about becoming obsessed with something or becoming a workaholic, but this is about allowing God in and bringing life balance. And finally, the third question is, what are you willing to do about it? Now, this is a hard one because this can turn into an issue of uh, effort and willpower. But what are you willing to do about it? What are you willing to do today to begin to take steps of being a better steward of your time? Now, for you and, and for me, I would say discipline is an issue. That I need to find discipline in my life. And for me, that's really easy to go in. Okay, I'm going to get up at a certain time. I'm going to go to bed at a certain time. I'm going to do this through the week. I'm not going to do this. And and you kind of create a mental list. But we forget that the other word for discipline in the Bible is self-control. And that's a very hard word because it means to control oneself. And sometimes we get confused by that. But self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. If the Spirit is in our life, if we're following Jesus Christ, there should be certain things that come about naturally. And one of those is self-control. And so for you, this is not about you working harder. This is about you inviting God in. And maybe for, the, for you, the first thing you need to do is invite him in and allow him to begin to take over your life. And so this morning, as we've talked about time, as we've looked at what this means, let me, let me just close with Ephesians 5. Ephesians 5, what we just read earlier, says this. Be very careful, then, how you live. Not as unwise, but as wise. Making the most of every opportunity. Why? Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. God has a will for you, and it absolutely involves your time. If you are not letting Him in, in all aspects of your time, you're holding things back. And you're cheating yourself of this incredible relationship with God. Don't be foolish about this. Your time is a spiritual issue. Let's pray.